Welcome to Indoctrination, a weekly conversation series about protecting yourself from systems of control. I'm your host, Rachel Bernstein. Hi, everyone. I am so happy that you're able to hear the second part of my conversation with you about being in a relationship with a narcissist. And this is about how you realize that you are in a relationship with a narcissist and then how to make that change and also how to stay strong after you've left. Because there are a lot of people who leave those relationships and then get drawn back in. So how do you leave with more confidence, with less interference, with more safety, emotional and physical? And how do you care for yourself afterwards and keep yourself strong? So first, I hope this makes things easier. That leaving a relationship that wasn't really a relationship in the way you thought it was might make it an easier thing to think about then. Because when you're in a relationship, as I talked about last time, a relationship that you might define as a relationship, there's one where there's equality, where you can have good conversations, where you each get a chance to feel equally respected. And usually in a relationship like this, though, that's not what's happening. So It does, I think, make it easier to think about leaving a relationship when it's not actually a relationship, when someone is just taking over somebody else's life. And I want to make sure also that you don't let their anger at you even thinking about leaving or setting any kind of boundaries I I hope it doesn't make you feel like somehow you're treating them unfairly and you deserve their anger. If they get mad at you at all because you're starting to call them on something or just pointing out that something they're doing doesn't feel quite fair or it doesn't feel respectful, well, then I think it's important to remember the following. They say that nothing makes a narcissist angrier than being called on something that they've actually done and that they're actually doing. So you're on the right track, actually, if they get upset when you've called them on something that they've actually done. They're not used to it. They don't really know how to quite handle it. But you still have the right to feel it, and you still have the right to do it, and it becomes diagnostic. If they handle it any other way than saying, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry. That was not fair. That was not kind. I won't do it again. One of the other ways that you can really tell if you're in a relationship with someone who is not going to treat you as an equal is if you try to set boundaries and see how that goes. Remember, as they say, the only people who get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who benefit from you not having them. Let me repeat that. The only people who get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who benefit from you not having them. People who respect you also respect your boundaries. And they also say, those people who are so wise, you never push a loyal person to the point where they no longer care. And if you no longer care, and if you know about yourself that you are a forgiving and a loyal person, 
you know then you're at a point where you have given someone many, many chances, probably way too many, to change, to be different, to be kind, to be gentle, to be fair to you. And you've been drained of energy and you've been drained of empathy. It's not who you are. You just don't have anything left to give. And the person you're with is going to constantly make you feel like you still haven't given enough. You've done enough. Don't feel like you have to try harder. Don't feel like this is on you and you have to be better or you have to make more sacrifices, say goodbye to more people they don't want to have in your life, they don't want you to have in your life, or that you need to make more changes when they don't have to make any. So what do you do when you're trying to make a change, when these realizations have come to you? Then you want to pierce your isolation. Usually there is a lot of isolation in these kinds of relationships. People who have taken over other people's lives get away with it because they tell you to not tell anyone about what's happening. And if anyone is sort of onto it, or if anyone is against your relationship, well, you've already had to say goodbye to those people. So reach out. Reach out to the people you haven't talked to in a while. Reach out to the people you had to say goodbye to for the sake of the relationship or because you were told to in order to stay in that relationship. Or contact a therapist. Get involved in a support group. Take care of yourself and make sure that you remember that you're not alone because you are not alone. And if you talk to someone to reach out and they try to talk you out of being negative the relationship or they kind of doubt that it really is that bad, don't waste your time. Talk to somebody else. And also be careful that the first people you reach out to need to not be connected to your partner because there is a sense of allegiance for a lot of people in your partner's life. A lot of people who know that they need to do the right thing by him or her or else they are going to get their ire. So they're not necessarily the most trustworthy people to go to. And find out what your rights are. A lot of times people in these relationships have had their finances taken over. They've been told that they don't have any legal recourse if something happens to them. They're told that their kids are going to be taken away from them by their partner or soon-to-be former partner, or that they're going to have to forfeit all of their belongings or give over private information. You need to find out for sure what your rights are and what your partner or soon-to-be former partner's rights are. Because typically, the information you're being given is to scare you, and it's false. And you don't have to keep things a secret anymore. You don't have to keep their secrets. When this person started taking advantage of you and your goodwill, your trust, they forfeited the right to have you protect them, to have you protect their reputations to have you protect their secrets. Remember that you've already protected them much more than they've ever protected you, too. And it's not a bad idea to get a private phone and a private email address so that you can be in contact with people and the person you're with, who may be in the habit of controlling your information, won't have access to your private information as you make your plans. 
So find a friend you can trust, a family member you can trust, a group. You're so used to having to ask permission. You're so used to not trusting your instincts, trying to find ways to just make them happy, and you'll feel the need to somehow justify or explain, try to reason why you're unhappy or why you're leaving or share all of your unhappiness with them, come up with somehow a good enough reason that you need to not be in the relationship anymore and explain that you're not trying to abandon them, you're not being abusive, you're not being ungrateful. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to explain yourself unless you want to. That's a completely optional activity. And you also know that in those moments, if you choose to explain yourself, make sure that you're doing it because you want to be sort of in the habit of learning to say those things and not being fearful of saying those things. But also know that they're not going to be met with, you know what, you're right, and I am so sorry, and that's a really good enough reason to leave me. And you also want to make your plans. And I encourage you to not tell your partner ahead of time what you're planning. They'll interfere with it. They'll somehow get there first. They are much more skilled at manipulation than you are. And don't overshare. Secure a place to live with people who can support you emotionally. Don't answer questions that you're being asked as well, not only by your partner or soon-to-be former partner, but also from any of their friends or family who are suddenly asking you very pointed questions about what your plans are. Typically, they've been asked by your partner to ask you those questions and to get the information through them. So you don't have to let them know what your plans are. You don't have to let them know who's helping you. You don't have to let them know that you're putting together a little bit of kind of a, an account, a bank account, saving up a little bit of cash. You don't have to explain any of it unless you want to. And if it's hard for you to remain strong, then I want you to be able to try a couple things. Imagine, if you can, the life you had wanted. How much does the life you have resemble the life that you had wanted? And think about it. Think about what you had imagined for yourself or what you had dreamed of for yourself. Then try to imagine your life one year from that moment. What do you want your life to look like or be closer to looking like? What do you hope to be able to feel in those moments? Is it happy? Is it increased confidence? Is it just not panic and fear? Is it just not subservience? Are you able to tend to yourself? Be with someone who tends to you? What changes, what decisions do you need to make now to be able to get closer to that life a year from now? And know also that it's never too late. A lot of people don't act on their own behalf because they say, what's the point? I've already been doing this for so many years. That's never a reason to not make a change. You also don't have to stay in a relationship like this because somehow you tell yourself, well, I signed up for this. I gave permission to this person because you didn't. You didn't sign up for this. You signed up for a relationship or a marriage 
but you never signed up to be belittled, to be beaten down, to be controlled, to forfeit your life, your happiness, and you never signed up to not matter. Your loyalty and sense of duty and doing the right thing and sticking to your commitments has been keeping you in a situation that is unfortunately for many people slowly killing them. And it's hard because you suddenly have to show strength at a time that you are feeling sometimes your weakest. So how do you get strong when you're feeling afraid, when you're feeling shaky? Know and be prepared and expect that you are going to be seen by the person you're leaving as rude, abusive, stubborn, spoiled, crazy. You're going to seem all of those things to people who are no longer able to manipulate you and control you as easily. They'll turn on you and tell you you're being some very awful things. Usually they're, they will accuse you of being the things that they know you're most sensitive about making sure that you would never be. And they will very often accuse you of being the things that they have actually been in your life, like abusive and rude. So expect it so you can understand it. And it's a sign of you gaining strength and standing up for yourself. And it's a strength that threatens them. But it's a strength that's going to protect you. As you make your plans and you don't want to deal with their anger, it's actually okay if you think it would actually buy you some time to just keep apologizing, taking responsibility, trying to prove your innocence, as long as you know it's just for show, as long as you don't take in the message that you deserve to give them that information or they deserve to have your explanations, as long as you know it is just to give you that space to try to keep them happy so you don't have to deal with any kind of rage or the manipulations. And you also want to find phrases that you can use that help you get centered. A lot of my clients have had to develop certain phrases that have helped them when they were really doubting if they were making the right decision. And here are some of them. I wrote them down for you. One of my clients, she says to herself, I've given away too much love and too much time for nothing. A man I am also working with says, she has hurt me and she has never cared. And I've also heard my clients say, I deserve to be with someone kind. Another phrase is, my happiness should matter too. And I'm not asking for too much. I'm not selfish and demanding because I want things just to be fair. So people will often say after they've left these kinds of relationships, you know, I miss them even though I was so unhappy, and even though I think they never really loved me, and they were never going to be really kind to me. Or people say, I feel guilty thinking about them being alone. I feel like it's my job still to take care of them and to make them happy. And there's still a part of me that wants to believe that if I came back, it would be different. 
So what does this mean? In part, it means that you've been conditioned to believe those things, but also it means that you're a kind and giving person, but you're also still putting their needs before your own, and you don't want to do that anymore. And please, please, please feel rest assured. Someone who kind of drew you into a relationship with them, someone who was unhealthy but was able to keep that hidden for a while, someone with a magnetic personality, someone who's charming and can manipulate people into being in a relationship with them and becoming devoted to them and needing to please them will not be alone for long. So that vision you have of them being alone in the dark at home, it's not happening. Chances are they're already with someone new as soon as you're having this thought for as long as that relationship will last, then it will end. And then they'll be with somebody else. And then that will end. And then they'll be with somebody else. They're definitely not sitting and licking their wounds. They're not actually suffering, usually, very much at all. And if they're upset, it's not sadness they're feeling. It's probably self-righteousness or anger that they couldn't control you anymore. You also want to remember that... When someone can only get somebody when they manipulate them and somebody is so toxic that eventually even the kindest people will notice it and need to leave them, well, you surpass this person you were with tenfold in terms of self-control, personal strength, and social success over the long term. They're not better at any of those things. They're just better manipulators, and they're better at having an outward persona that hides their inner persona. So you need to stick with your boundaries. That's going to be hard. If you've set them, and if you've said, don't be in contact with me, don't be in contact with my friends, stop harassing me, stick with your boundaries. Block them if you need to. Get a restraining order if you need to. And also, if they want to constantly have communication with you for one reason or another, but usually the reason is because they know that they still have a hold over you, then use a mediator. If you know you might not be strong enough to resist their charms, or you might be guilted into changing your mind, or somehow believing their promises and changed behavior, and that they're going to have greater sensitivity this time and they feel remorse, and you've heard it before, and it's never quite played out that way, then don't speak with them directly. Have an attorney speak with them. Have a friend who's strong be the one to speak with them who can relay messages back and forth until you don't actually want to have those messages anymore anyway because you really don't need to be in contact with them. If there are children involved, then you do want to have a lawyer be a go-between. Have them be the ones who have to deal with your former partner. And remember also that they might not want you back, even though they might say that they want you back. Because typically when I've seen these kinds of relationships where people finally break away and then they get drawn back in, they realize the person didn't actually want them back. They were just upset that you left and they were upset that they couldn't control you anymore. So they're not necessarily missing you. They're missing the control they had over you. 
So don't feel guilty about leaving them. And if you are feeling guilty, and if it's hard for you to really fully break away and feel solid about it, then get some good therapy. Connect with people who understand these kinds of relationships and the long-term hold they can have over your psyche. The more steps you take towards your new life, towards setting those boundaries and sticking with them, getting the help you need, being strong, the more confidence you build, and then probably the better choices you're going to make later on for the relationship that you have next, the one that you actually do deserve to have, the one where you're treated well. The other part is to make sure that you infuse joy and laughter into your life because these relationships are very tense and breaking off from this kind of relationship is a very tense time. So be with people who help you laugh, who help you remember that life can be a wonderful experience and connect with others who understand. It's also time for you to build your own life. If you had to forfeit whatever it was that you were doing, or you had to forfeit feeling good about what you were doing, or you had to forfeit feeling confident in the work that you were doing, or somehow you were made to feel selfish for spending time just pursuing dreams of your own, now is the time to take care of making those dreams come true. Getting what you wanted, your vision for your life to begin so that you can have that in your life and feel good and have something to look forward to and have something that makes you feel good. And lastly, if your ex finds a way to get in touch and threatens you with the phrase, you know, you'll never find anyone else like me, you can think or you can say to them, Yep, exactly. That would be great. Talk to you next week. One more thing before you go. I want to talk about why people stay in relationships with narcissists, why they stay in relationships that are unhealthy, why they stay in situations where they know something is tremendously wrong sometimes for a long time. I asked that question and I broached that subject in a completely non-judgmental way. And I hope if you are in a position where someone is coming to you to tell you that they were in something for a long time that was not healthy, that if you ask them that question, why did they stay, that it's also in a non-judgmental way. It's really to find out what the manipulations were, what the forces were, that kept them there for so long. When people are in a relationship with someone who is physically abusive, well, there are a lot of reasons they stay. And sometimes it's because they're truly fearful for their safety if they were to leave or threaten to leave, or they are feeling fearful for others in the family who they feel protective of. And they think something horrible is gonna happen to them if they were to leave or if they were to encourage other people to leave. And in a relationship with a narcissist where they might not have ever experienced any kind of physical violence or physical threat, 
people will often be asked, well, what was it that made you stay? I mean, was there a lock on the door? Was there a gate outside the compound or your house? Why did you stay? And I think it's a valid question, but it's one that I think we really need to discuss so that you understand and so that people who have been in these situations for a long time don't feel misunderstood and don't feel judged. Something that I mentioned last time was that your mind must arrive at your destination before your life does. Your mind is so controlled, so confused, so overwhelmed when you're with a narcissist. Everything is really topsy-turvy. And so it's very hard for you to get your mind where it needs to be, where you really realize that this is a situation that not only is really breaking you down, but it's also not one you have to stay in. But sometimes you're too confused and simply too exhausted to even be thinking those thoughts with any kind of clarity. Usually a narcissist has convinced you that you won't find anyone else, that you don't deserve any better than you got with them, that you're not worth it, you're not attractive, you're not a catch, no one would put up with you the way they put up with you. And you've started to believe it a lot of the time. And sometimes they've also charmed your family and friends. And they've convinced your family and friends that they're the ones who have it together and you were the difficult one. You were the one that somehow they had to tolerate. And you were the one who made the relationship unhappy. And you were the troubled one. And so you might feel like you've lost your family and friends because they've become fans of the narcissist while you were thrown under the bus. And so you might think there's nowhere for you to go. You can also start to believe that they're somehow the victims, that they're the ones who have been so mistreated in their lives because usually they'll tell some kind of tale of woe about their childhoods. And so you want to make sure to not be ones who abandon them just like other people have abandoned them. And you don't want to re-traumatize them. So your protective nature actually keeps them protected keeps the relationship going way beyond the point where they deserve that from you anymore. You also can avoid having the conversation where you say that you're unhappy or you avoid packing up your things and leaving because you know there's going to be a very bad reaction. There were hugely bad reactions just for tiny little things. And you know that you're going to be punished somehow. And you're going to be manipulated potentially into coming back. And if you really are putting your foot down that you really need to leave, then they're going to somehow turn it around so that they're the ones rejecting you. Usually narcissists are the ones to leave if a relationship breaks off. They're usually not the ones who are left. And so if they think you're going to be leaving, they will try to turn it around to make it seem like you're somehow not worthy of them anymore. And they're the ones who are going to break off with you. And even if it was your idea, still, there are people who have told me they didn't want that to happen to them. They didn't want it to be turned around. They didn't want to have that person 
kick them out of the house. They wanted to be the ones to do it. So that's part of the reason that they delayed having that conversation. I know it feels convoluted, but that's this world that you go into when you're with a narcissist. And you're just justifiably afraid of anything that's going to feel tense. And so you avoid those moments. Sometimes also the person you've been in a relationship with has taken financial control. So you don't have any money. You don't have a place where you can go, where you can pay for a hotel or a motel. You don't have money to take the bus somewhere. Or they've threatened that they're going to keep the kids, if you have kids, if you decide to go. And you don't want to take that risk. And also, there are a lot of people who were told by the person they were with to say goodbye to their family and friends, as I mentioned before. So they really are of this belief that they have no one to turn to, that they have nowhere to go. And that's simply not the case. There are many family and friends who have been rejected by people in relationships with narcissists where you were supposed to call them and say, I can no longer have a relationship with you or I'm never going to go to your house again for the holidays and I'm always going to be with my partner. And they felt unhappy and they have felt hurt. But then if you call and you say, you know what, I now realize I've now sort of come to, and I'm so sorry that happened. And I'm so sorry that you felt rejected, but I felt like I didn't have a choice. And now I need you. There are some family members who will still stay kind of stubborn about it and hurt. And that's really unfortunate. But most will turn around and most friends will turn around and say, ah, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was off that didn't seem like you, but yeah, it did hurt. But I'm so glad to now understand what was going on. And so I think also, and part of the reason that I'm doing this one more thing before you go, is that there are a lot of people who stay in these relationships instead of trying to reach out to others because they don't want to be questioned. They don't want to be asked, well, if it's so awful, why have you been there for so many years? Why have you stayed? Like somehow it undermines your message that it's been a terrible relationship and you don't want to be doubted. And you don't want to feel like you're on the witness stand and you have to prove how unhappy you've been. The other thing that keeps people there is that part of the nature of the relationship is that the narcissist will try to get you to not trust yourself and to not be strong enough to stick with your own decisions and believe in that inner voice and to know somehow with clarity that you're making the right decision. So for fear of making the wrong decision, you stay. Sometimes people also stay because they've left before and then they've gone back. And then they were increasingly punished for having left. And the person who was in charge of them, the narcissist, grew in their air of entitlement because they knew they could get you back. They knew then that they could get away with really anything. And because you're still kind of unsure that mm, they don't still have that power over you, there are a lot of people who will say, I'm not going to take the risk because I have a feeling there's a 5% of me that knows that I'm going to be able to be convinced to go back. And I know then things will just get worse. The other part is that sometimes when people have left before, 
they're afraid that when they went back and then decided to leave again, that the family and friends who helped them leave, who took a risk, who helped protect them, who helped pave the way for them leaving, are going to be mad at them for having gone back, kind of impatient with them, feeling used by them, that they wasted their energy, they wasted their time, they wasted their resources because they went back. Please, if you are a family member or a friend of a person who you helped get out of a situation who went back in, don't make them pay for that. They weren't quite ready or strong enough, but it could be that they are now. So help them know that they can do this and not be alone. The other part is a lot of people don't leave because they've started to believe the message that they have no rights and that the law is not going to be on their side and that somehow they're going to be making the most horrible decision for themselves or for their children and they're going to regret it forever. And they start to really believe that without questioning it. But question it, because it's just not true. The other thing that keeps people there is that they've been trained, they've been conditioned to always ask permission before doing anything, to ask permission of the very person that they need to be able to escape from, and that somehow they need to come up with just the right justification or just the right wording to be able to prove why it's okay for them to go. And that's never going to happen. And they've probably rehearsed in their minds so many speeches, sort of just the right wording and just the right tone and just the right timing. And it's never quite good enough in their minds because they know deep down that it's never going to be accepted. And so they just stop rehearsing that in their minds and they give up on ever being able to say those things out loud and have them work. And a lot of people in relationships with narcissists are kind and giving people. They actually still feel sorry for this person who's been making their life hell. They're compassionate towards them. They have a conscience. And then they're very confused. Why is it that they are so unhappy? And why is it that they feel so angry at this person? Why is it that they feel so beaten down, but at the same time, so protective? And when you're in that kind of loop where it doesn't make sense, you then don't act on your own behalf because you're waiting for it to make sense in your mind. The other part is that when you've been with someone who's a bottomless pit, you feel empty and it's hard to take action sometimes. Actually, sometimes it feels impossible to take action when you're on empty. So it's easier to survive through the day, get through the hour, then to collect the bravery and the energy that you need to make that big change. And you probably fell in love with someone who said all the right things. And it takes some time for that magic to wear off, to see that they only said the right things, that they never really did the right things. That doesn't become clear sometimes for a very long time. When you're in the midst of a relationship with a narcissist, you're also dealing with gaslighting. You have blamed yourself for all the times they were unhappy with you. Your head is spinning and 
you feel somehow like it was your fault that you couldn't make it work, that you couldn't make them happy with you. And so you also remember that there were times that you made mistakes. And so maybe you don't deserve to have a happier relationship because yeah, maybe there were times that you came home a little late and maybe there were times that you didn't make dinner just right. And maybe there were times that you didn't wait till just the right minute before saying something and you put it on yourself that somehow then you don't deserve to be able to go anymore. And so it's important just to finish up that sometimes the people that you're with will make sure that you feel you're the one at fault for everything. So they don't have to feel guilt or remorse about all the things they did to you that were wrong. Please try to remember that. So it's not an actual picture. You're not the one at fault. It just makes it easier for them to not have to feel bad about any of it. If they can convince you and sometimes convince themselves that everything that went wrong was your fault. So really what they're doing is they're throwing you under the bus to protect their fragile ego. If you have a chance and you're on Facebook, go to a group on Facebook called Path Forward. It's for people who have been involved in relationships with narcissists. And this is sort of part of the theme of having joy in your life again. It's important to be able to laugh if you can. There's a really great quote from this Facebook page. And it says, before you criticize the narcissist, walk a mile in their shoes. And after that, who cares? You're now a mile away from them and you've got their shoes. Talk to you next week. I'm excited to say that this podcast is now available on additional platforms. If you want to listen to Indoctrination, it's available for download on the NPR Radio Public app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please support Indoctrination at patreon.com indoctrination. We now have a big library of content that you can access with any donation. And subscribers receive bonus interviews and other cool goodies. We love hearing from you too. So send us an email at indoctrinationshow at gmail.com. Thank you for your support. And if you can't become a paid subscriber, I will be so grateful for any and all support that you show. Whether it's subscribing on SoundCloud, YouTube, or Patreon, or giving us a like on our Indoctrination Facebook page, or following our Twitter and Reddit feeds, Thank you for keeping up with us and for keeping the show going. Until next time, Rachel.